The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back to Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan, and we have a special guest with us today, Matt Hayes. Works with us at 1010XL, so we talk a lot of Jags, but you also write for Tradition and Saturday Down South, yep. college football, so you're very engulfed in the in the college football world, which helps us because, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but the Bears have the number one overall pick. <laughs> we talk about it sometimes around the office. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. <laughs> so that's why we're here today, but before we get into a little bit of the draft talk, I want to talk about some of the comparisons that the Jags and the Bears have right now in this offseason compared to what the Jags had last offseason. For example, a good amount of money. The Bears have first overall pick, eight total draft picks. Um, They're confident that the quarterback is their quarterback, even though there's some rumors going around that maybe they're going somewhere else. But one of the things that really stood out to me, Matt, that helped the Jags big time this last offseason is that Balky and Coach Peterson nailed their free agency. Is that something that you think really helped this season tremendously? I mean, I think you can – I think it's been proven now in the NFL that you can – increase the value not only of your franchise but of what you put on the field within a year mm-hmm. and, and it's it's got to be right decisions in free agency it's got to be right decisions in the draft if you look at draft the last two years of draft of these drafts that Trent Balk is at and he had been criticized for years Major, yeah. about his draft problems and, and in addition to the free agency but more so the draft and they nailed almost every one of them yeah because I know a lot of people are down on Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd's going to be a really good player. Mm-hmm. And I think Chad Moon is going to be a really good player, too. So they, they I, I think they've nailed almost every one of their draft picks. And then free agency, you know, I was as big a critic as anyone about those receivers. Yeah. I was saying they got all number three receivers here. Mm-hmm. They don't have any ones. You know, they barely have a two in Kirk. And they go out there, and Evan Ingram has the best uh, season of his career. Yeah. Kirk has a career season. Zay Jones has a career season. Trevor Lawrence starts to ascend like we all knew he eventually would. He becomes the quarterback they thought he would, and then everything starts to connect there, you know, midway through the season when they're three and seven. Can that happen with the Bears? Of course. The mm-hmm. Bears are very good defensively, are significantly better than the Jags were last year. With their back to back, right. With yeah. their back to back bad, you know, first overall picks, which mm-hmm. by the way, you guys now have three straight years of first overall picks in your fandom. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. Between yeah. the Jags and the Bears. Between the Jags. Yeah. Number one, That's number one, number one. straight. But the Bears didn't even have a number one pick last year. So it, they've only had one number one pick, I think, in the last four years, the Bears. And granted, one was because of, I think it was Cleo Mack we lost one. Mm-hmm. And then, Trubis- not Trubisky, uh, we did lose one because of Fields. So the draft for the Bears hasn't been this exciting in a really no, long time. But here's another thing, too. I forgot to say this. 
The Jags also were helped by, they're in an advantageous division. Mm-hmm. Not unlike the Bears, because yeah. if Aaron Rodgers leaves and goes to the yeah. Jets or wherever, I mean, that division's, yeah. I don't care what you're saying. Kirk is going to I mean, there's Kirk. Yeah. Goff, the Lions like, which Goff are, yeah. is showing up. The Lions are looking yeah. exciting, and there's new things coming in there. And it's, it's definitely, like, everything's on the rise, and they have all the opportunity in the world. But the thing is, like, you can have all the opportunity in the world, but you got to do it right. And the Jaguars yeah. did it right. I think a move of theirs that doesn't get talked about enough is the signing of Ryden Sheriff and how I feel like he just came in and that lifted line. the entire offensive yeah. line. How important do you think he was to this Jaguar season? Uh, leadership more than anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. Um, he's a solid player. He's not the player he was before. There's no doubt about that. But I think he's a solid player. I think he's a guy that if you're talking about, you know, they really needed Jawan Taylor to play well this year. And you start talking about, all right, well, He's got a guy right next to him who's done it for more than a decade who's just a baller. Mm-hmm. And whether he's not at his same level of player or not, he's still a guy that knows how to prepare week in and week out consistently, and Jawan can follow that. And I think Jawan played well because he had a guy that knew what he was doing next to him, a guy that knew how to play well and knew what it was like to play an elite level. Um, there's a lot of things. That's, it's a great point that you bring up, Dylan, because there's a lot of unseen things that happened on this team where all of a sudden they got better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Josh Allen's a great example. He won eight games without a sack. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just clicked for him. And I think I think a lot of these guys were never in a situation where it was November and December and they were playing games that were meaningful. Mm-hmm. And then they start to think, wow, we actually have a chance to go to the playoffs. And you you can say it's, you go out every week and you play every week and we're going to play hard every week, but when you have something to play for, it's different. Yeah, it's really, it's really different. Yeah, I think the Bears can turn around. Of course, I do. And, and that's what to me, I, I get the freak out because there are a lot of holes. But that's what I just keep pointing back to with the Jags because I was like, the Jags this time last year had a billion holes also, where they're like, how are we going to fix this in one off season? And they're coming off the, the disaster of Urban Meyer, and with six guys, you can say because Evan Ingram, Kirk, Zay, Sheriff, Foyer, and Fadukasi in the free agency. It was a big change. And then, obviously, yeah, you're adding guys like Luke Fortner who had a really a good season, and you have, obviously, Devin Lloyd and Trayvon. But Doug Peterson or Urban Meyer. And Doug. Yeah, helped Doug, helped yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug helped big time. Doug helped big time. But it, it's, to me, so many people are freaking out in the Bears world, like, this is going to take three years. And I'm like, I don't think, it, if they do it right, it's not going to take it, three years. It seems like every single year there's a first to worst in the NFL. Or worst to first, rather. Right. And, like, it's... It's very well I could see the Bears having the opportunity. Yes, I mean, it does matter what happens with the Packers and what the Vikings are doing and all that stuff. But yeah. they have the chance, you know, to build something here very quickly with all this, uh, ca- well, it's cap space or it's mm-hmm. draft picks. And not to mention, like, we could get even more with this trade coming. So yeah. it's, it's and crazy. And hopefully with the it's... trade down, which, go ahead. No, I, I to Dylan's point, I think the NFL's made that way, number one. Mm-hmm. It's made that way where teams can, can turn quickly. And number two, I think this is what everybody forgets, too, is – this is the elite of this sport in this in this game. And there's a reason why Roy Robinson Harris all of a sudden play, started playing really well. Yeah. Why Fadu Kasi, why he was hit and miss with the Jets, all of a sudden started playing really well. These guys start to get in a situation where they feel like, wow, this is unique here. Let's see what we can do. And it's funny, it's funny you guys talked about, you know, the coach and everything and how it's a long haul. Doug Peterson was the guy who said it from day one. This is going to it's be, gonna be a while. It's a, a while. process. It's not, this is yeah. not something that's done overnight. And the next thing you know, they're literally a couple plays away from playing in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah. So it's it can be done. If you get the right things happening and everything clicks together and you get a couple breaks like the Rayshon Jenkins return mm-hmm. for a touchdown against the Cowboys, like the late touchdown and two-point against the Ra- Ravens, a lot went right for them. But why can't a lot go right? You're playing with the elite of this sport, and if they get to the point where they start to feel it, 
and then they play to their ceiling. I truly believe with the Jags, mm-hmm. every one of those guys was playing to their ceiling by yeah. the end of the season. Oh, yeah. There were no guys that were out there just going around g- trying to go through everything. They were all playing at their ceiling. I agree. And I, so that's what, I mean, this Bears offseason is huge. And it's huge in a lot of ways because also a lot of people are going to be questioning the Justin Fields decision if it doesn't go right this this year. You know, right. like we saw a lot of progress from Justin in almost every aspect. Unfortunately, we weren't able to see. He had. I think almost half the amount of attempts as as Trevor Lawrence did uh, passing attempts, but it just wasn't there. Pass blocking was terrible. Wide receivers were actual three and fours for the most part. So there was a right. lot of problems. Three but, and four might be generous for some of them. Yeah, uh, we have ways <laughs> to fix this. So Matt, obviously, we're here to talk to you a little bit about the draft because there's a couple names sitting at the top of that board that are SEC guys, of course, because we're going to see a lot of SEC right. guys in the draft. But Mel Kiper just did his draft recently and has the Bears staying at one, taking Jalen Carter. Tell us about Jalen. What's his strengths? Uh, it, would this be a? Is this worth a number one pick if they were to stay there and take him? Yeah, he is. He's a big, strong, run stuffer who also is a guy that's really dangerous as a pass rusher on the interior. And those are rare. Those guys mm-hmm. are like like Aaron Donald guys. Those are rare dudes. Um, he's really athletic, and I think the best thing about him is he doesn't like take plays off. Whereas with Jordan Davis, it was always. You know, Jordan Davis, a former Georgia yeah. star defensive lineman who was with the Eagles now, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always like, you know, every once in a while, it's like, where is he? Where is he for the last quarter? It's not that way with Jalen Carter. And Jalen Carter also played a majority of the season hurt. Mm. So not not a bad injury, but he was dealing with a knee injury. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he's, I mean, I think if, you, if you're going to take a, a one overall and you're not going to take an edge like Will Anderson, mm-hmm. you're going to take an interior guy, yeah. I, I mean, Jalen Carter's... A fantastic pick. If you want to trade down, you could trade down and probably still get him at like three or four. Mm-hmm. Or you could get Brian Brzee, who's a terrific player yeah. too from Clemson as an interior guy. Um, so there's guys. The ends actually in this draft, it's going to be the loaded, the, the most yeah, the most deepest ends draft in a long, long time. Yeah, and that's what we did uh, with Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and he was saying edge is the deepest by far. I think 18 or 19 in their top 100 are edges, and then corners are other. We don't not as not as worried about corner. That's why to me, I think this Jalen Carter thing is so important because, like you said. That help in the middle, which I noticed a lot, too, during the season. He was getting double-teamed a lot and was still creating pressure on the quarterback, which that's hard to do. Yeah. It's – I you know, I hate to make comparisons. He reminds me a lot of Clays Campbell in the way that he's a tall guy, but he's also very athletic and he's long um, and he's going to take double-teams and he's going to make the guy outside of him a better player because they're so worried about him on mm-hmm. the interior. Yeah. When it comes to comparing Carter and Anderson, obviously, like they are different players and there's different styles and they do different things. Would you say that there's an edge one way or the other? And I do think, do you think it's going to come down to more like it's just the kind of style Ryan Poles is going to want to build with his defense, or yeah. it just could be more like I'm just picking the best player? I mean, you watch the Bears, uh, the Bears, you watch the Eagles in that championship game, man. Wow, those dudes coming off the edge. I know. It's it, it, you know, and 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 you know, Will Anderson's like that. He's that type of edge guy that. He's not going to be a drop and cover guy. Um, he could, you know, he's good if he gets an odd front where he's basically playing the stand up outside linebacker, and in times he may have to drop. That's fine, but his job should just be go get the quarterback, mm-hmm. and and that's what he does best. Um, if that's what the Bears want, the Bears need a guy that's going to give you. Again, this is a, a for a rookie saying ten sacks is ridiculous, but he's the type of guy that I think is disruptive not only in the pass rush. And he's shown it at college where he disrupts games. Yeah, He disrupts running plays. He disrupts schemes. Um, you have to go away from him, which is what everybody started doing midway through his his uh, sophomore season when he had, I think it was 36 total tackles for losses. 
they just weren't going near him. Yeah. And he was still chasing and making plays. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. So, he he's, I mean, I if you're going to ask me, like, who would I pick? Mm-hmm. If I'm picking one person that's not a quarterback, I would pick Will Anderson. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I've seen a lot of people drift that way. It's funny because I'll watch film of Will Anderson, and I'm like, man, I want him. And then I'll watch film of Jalen Carter, and I'm like, okay, I want him. Like, they're yeah. both just so— For me, it's whoever I watch last. Yeah, it's really and I think, it yeah. Will, I think it will depend big time on what they do in free agency, obviously, because Deron Payne is a name that's kind of floating around. So if you do something like that, obviously you're going opposite because you're not going to get both. But the Bears have the least amount of sacks, less, which is so weird. Like, that's one so thing bad. we've always had as a defensive line that are getting to the quarterback, and they could not last season. So I just think it's so important to have a guy like Will Anderson because, like you said, he's disrupting everything. Yeah. Every part of that game, every part of the quarterback, he's disrupting. Um, so when you're looking at it, when you're just looking at – because you also bre- – Brzee, that's how you say it, right? Brzee. Ryan Brzee. So he's another one because obviously it's also going to depend what the Bears do. If they trade down, let's say, with the Colts to four, I think the opportunity to get Jalen or Will is still there. But if they go any farther, if they go to Raiders or Oakland and they're at seven or nine, it's probably someone more like him. What is the gap between that Brzee and Will and Jalen? See, Brian Brzee had a a knee, and he missed a majority of his, I guess it would be a sophomore season. Um He's a really, really good player. Another guy who chases. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the guys that play in the interior and chase. Um, and he's a big disruptor. I will say this to you, and I think not enough teams do this. The Bears could easily trade out of that one to four, mm-hmm. get the Colts' futures, yeah, then trade those futures to get back up into the ten. Yeah. Then at four, you get you maybe Will Anderson drops to four. Mm-hmm. There's quarterbacks here that people need. Oh yeah. And that's you know that's the big need. Will Anderson drops to four, you, you get it at four, you trade up to like eight or nine, you get Brzee, or heaven heaven knows if Jalen Carter doesn't fall to yeah. nine, nine or ten. Then you're walking out there with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Yeah. So if I'm the Bears, I'm thinking, look, let's get picks, get our guy at four who we want more than anything, mm-hmm. and then use the other picks to move up again and get someone get somebody else somebody else that can really two guys in the top 10 that will make immediate impact. Well, and obviously because of that we have to talk about the quarterbacks a little bit because Bryce Young and CJ Stroud obviously are the two names that are atop the list. There's a people like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson both getting a little more traction. Do you see them possibly rising in the combine to the point where there may be that third quarterback at the top people want? Uh, maybe. I mean the thing with Anthony Richardson, and you guys know this, you've watched him play, you're mm-hmm. here, he's, he's going to go to the combine and he's going to wow them. Mm-hmm. He's going to wow them in his, in his pro workouts. He does things away from the game, physically, um, athletically, arm talent, where you're like, wow. But the thing is, is every one of these guys has egos, these coaches, and they all think, I can make this guy, I can change yeah. him. And do, would I be shocked if he went in the top 10? Not at all. Because he's just... Somebody will say, "Are you kidding me? We got to take him." Yeah, he's fast. He's five. strong. He's yeah. mobile. Would top he's... five shock you? That would shock me. But yeah. top ten would not. Like if someone traded up to nine or ten and got him, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Levis is different. I think Levis played really well his junior year, and then last year their offensive line was horrible. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they were terrible. So there was no protection, um, and he had two really good receivers too. Two freshmen that are going to be great picks in a couple years, but they couldn't protect, and he was getting killed. And so he's, it looked like he had a season of regression, but he really didn't. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. Something that always kind of weirds me out is you see a lot of players, and I think Andy Richardson is a good example of this, when the football stops playing, they go up in terms of draft status. Right. And, like, I remember when Anthony Richardson was declaring for the draft, people were just like, oh, yeah, like, 
maybe the 20s, early second. And now, like, I feel like a lot of people are just like, he's for sure a top 10 pick. How much do you think the play, or teams value the projectables rather than the actual performance in college? With every other position other than quarterback, it's almost 90%. Yeah. 95%. With quarterback, it's... I mean, it's with quarterback, if you've got the ability, there's always a guy who thinks he can make you a starter in the NFL. Always a guy who thinks that. It, because the position is so rare as far as, can I get a guy who makes an immediate impact and who can make players better around him, who can lift a franchise, like Trevor Lawrence is doing? Mm-hmm. Can, can, can I get a guy like that? Can I develop a guy like that? Um, and he's got, physically, he has everything. He literally have, has his height, his weight, his arm talent, um, the 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 run is even it's crazy. He's in the four fours, mm-hmm. and he runs like a tailback or a running back. I guess what they call it in the NFL. Um, so yeah, he's. I think people will see him, and to your point, Dylan, they'll say, "Yeah, he looked like crap in that game." But you know what? On that throw, he looked really good, and they'll give more weight to the throw than the game. Yeah, because think, they think we can make him do that all along instead mm-hmm. of this crap. Yeah, I think a good example of it working out is a guy like Josh Allen. You know, because he was yeah. someone at Wyoming who like had all of the you know like the measurables, the potential, all that stuff. But like when he got to the NFL, Very similar, yeah, it didn't look super great right away. And obviously, you know, over time they changed him, but it took some time. So I'm just super excited that everyone's falling in love with Anthony Richardson because that's just another quarterback, you know, <laughs> yeah, flying up to the top of the board. Yeah, because it's another, another one that somebody needs it's pushing yeah. someone down for us. Yes. So that's yeah. kind of really all I care about at this yeah. point. Yeah, when you're talking about because you mentioned immediate impact, obviously, if you're talking about let's say Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, do you think? Both of those guys are ones that would come on this team and be able to play oh, yeah. at an NFL level right away. And any, and any team in okay. the NFL. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and play well. Okay. Yeah. So Because obviously that's something you want to look. We saw the little bit of a slow start with Trayvon and with Devin Lloyd, but they really started to pick up throughout the season. I think some of that, obviously, they didn't really they didn't know where they were playing either of them right. in the beginning, so they kind of had to figure that out. And these are two set guys where they know exactly where you're going to get when you get them. But obviously – Another thing the Bears need, wide receiver. And a lot of, there's things floating around that hopefully if you trade back, you can still end up in those early 30s or even use some of those picks to come back up into the 20s or something like that. Um, Quentin Johnson, a name I'm seeing get up the uh, kind of rise up the boards a lot. And then another one, Jordan Addison. But obviously JSN is a name. I think he's going to go a little too high for the Bears. But what wide receivers do you like in this draft that the Bears could potentially get if they did move up into the 20s or so? You know what's funny is I, don't, I think the only receiver that I see in this draft where you're going to go, all right, that could be, that could be like a Jamar Chase or Jefferson type, a guy where you're like, okay, he could give you, or an Alave or or you know, Wilson type player that can give you 60 catches and and eight touchdowns. I think um, Jackson Smith and Jib is that guy. Okay, and you know he missed an entire season. Chase sat out a season too. Mm-hmm. He opted out because he didn't want to deal with the COVID stuff. And I think people are forgetting what this kid was like last year when he played. Yeah. And I know scouts aren't, but I think people generally like the, you know, the NFL draft guys, the, you know, the Ryan Roberts, who I love Ryan Roberts, mm-hmm. Ryan Draft, and I'm not singling him out. All those draft guys, I think, forgetting what he was like last year at Ohio State. That he's an elite player. He's a top five, seven guy. He'll go. He'll go through his individual workouts, and you wait and see. Suddenly, he's going to rise quick, all the way up. Yeah, so when you're not, you're when not he buying the, doing... the. He's going to be a third receiver. Rumors or anything no. that people are saying. <laughs> no, yeah. God, no, no. Yeah. I think he's. No, I think he's elite. Um, I think he's a really, really good player. But but if I'm the Bears, frankly, if I'm if I'm the Bears or anyone else in the NFL that's trying to turn, I got to look at what the Jaguars did and Christian Kirk and I mean, who's picking Zay Jones? Who's signing yeah. Zay Jones last yeah. year? Right. I, 
Who's I signing honestly, Evan Ingram? Uh, Zay Jones' whole thing, his whole career was like, man, he has all the potential, but he's never been able to break through right. that potential. And he did this season. How much is that that connection with Trevor and Trevor just taking this massive leap also, which is what we're hoping with Justin also. Like I said, we saw absolutely crazy runs from Justin Fields, and we even saw some absolutely insane throws where we're like, man, if he just had guys to throw through consistently, right. this will be major change. But yeah, I think a lot of Bears fans, we need a veteran. You need a veteran wide receiver because you need somebody in there that's kind of able to like get the get the whole wide receiver corps together and say, all right, like right, I'm the guy. Maybe I'm getting double teamed. That opens up some other people. I can get these 50-50 catches, uh, you know, all these contested catches. And so some of the names, obviously... Um, uh, Hopkins is one of the names that they're looking at. What's he, 30 now, 31? Yeah. Or I think he just turned 30. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And someone like that, a little older, a little bit of injury issues, but when Hopkins is healthy, it's a, a player, different yeah. world, you know? And then obviously there's some chaos going on in Tampa. Who knows? So Mike Evans and Chris Godwin could potentially be. So I think a lot of Bears fans are hoping, hoping for someone like that because the free agency wide receivers are not great at all this season. But we said the same thing kind of last year. I remember there was a couple, like the big names that went, like an A.J. Brown, were like via trade. Right. The Jags getting Christian Kirk, everyone lost their minds because they paid him $18 million, and then now it looked like it looked like a pretty good yeah, move. Yeah, now it looks like a smart move. <laughs> yeah. There are guys, that position, there are guys out there, you'd rather draft and develop because you have him for four years on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you can get guys that get, I mean, here's a great example. I mean, DJ Chark's going to be available. He was yeah. he signed a one-year deal with the Lions. Yeah. He's a guy that a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. His second year here was terrific. Yeah. Um, you get him there, he can ease I could easily see him being this type of Zay Jones guy where he gets in there and you think, well, you know, he kind of shown a little bit, but you don't really know what he's got and then boom, he gives you 60, 70 catches yeah. and you know, 800 yards and seven touchdowns and you're like, "Whoa, here we go." Yeah. This is interesting. He, I think he's a guy like that that you could use. How yeah. tall is Chark? He's pretty. He's six, six two. Okay, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like Something that I've been kind of wondering is, uh, from an outside AFC South perspective, the two teams that all everyone's been talking about recently has been the Texans and the Colts. Todd McShay to the point recent a couple of days ago was just like they're going to have a bidding war essentially to who's going to be able to drop ahead of the other one. How much are you enjoying that as Jags fan watching all of that go down? I think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, it's I mean, not I think us. It's, not us. This time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you're a Jags fan, in this city. I mean, it's it's not only the chaos in the division. It's it's my God, you know, we actually have a coach here now. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Yeah, and we have a coach general manager situation where they like seemingly like each other. Yeah, and they're working well together, and they're drafting smart. That's the key. They're drafting smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go over all the drafts from this franchise, and they're terrible. Yeah, but the last two drafts, there's hardly got, anyone left from the previous. Yeah, draft. you you yeah. literally have the last two drafts. You have nine guys that are going to be literally cornerstone guys for the next three or four years where you can grow and make that deep run in the playoffs. And if you get a couple more this year, what do you got? Pick 24 and pick 52, I think it is, something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, you can get two guys, two legit guys that can help you again and two more guys that, again, are on four-year deals. Yeah. I know, and that's what I think personally. So Ryan Poles didn't have much to work with at all in Chicago last season. I think they had $25 million, um, five draft picks going into the draft. He turned five into 11. Guys like Jaquan Brisker, who had a great season, Kyler Gordon, rough start, got better. Braxton Jones looked like it was going to be a little rough. One of the better, he made the like all rookie le- for the left tackle and getting thrown in as a left tackle rookie. That's not easy, and he held his own for a lot of the season. So I'm confident in Ryan Poles just because with bare minimum last season, he was able to 
really draft well. Even some undrafted guys he got, Jack Sanborn, um, guys like that who really played out. But it, it's so important. And like you said, if you can nail it, it could be a quick turnaround. You just have to do it right. You have to do it smart. You have to go after the position that you need. Don't listen to the chatter of like, right. that's not that guy's not worth it. You may have to overpay some guys because you're a franchise that hasn't been winning much. Um, so people want a little more money to come there because the yeah. most guys want to go win, and that's the bottom line. So before we let you go, Matt, give us a few names that you like in the draft that maybe people don't know too much about or that you see rising a little bit. That people don't know too much about. Well, I, I, I'm going to give you one guy who people know all about who I think is going to be a great player, and starting now through the next three months, you can hear people break him down. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young is going to be a great player in the NFL. Really? A great player. And I know, Say it louder so they can I, give us a lot of picks. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a great player. And I know he's only 5'10 and a half, 5'11, and I know he's only 190 pounds, but you, you cannot look at a guy the way he throws the ball with anticipation, the way he sees the field. And here's another thing. They gave up 70 sacks the last two years, Alabama did. Wow. 70. That's not an Alabama offensive no. line right there. No, not only that, who on that? So his first year had two great receivers in mm. Jameson Williams yeah. and Mechie. They had nobody this year. Mm-hmm. And he still was literally their defense getting two stops away from being in the playoff and being the team that more than likely is playing Georgia in that national championship game. Yeah. So he's like a phenomenal talent that I think is going to get just chopped up, just absolutely chopped up over the next three months because he's not the right size. Yeah. Um, he's going to get hurt. He's going to absorb too, many pun- too much punishment. He's not thick like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's a thick, small guy. He's a thin, small guy. No, he's, I mean... He's trying to put on weight. That's the re- that's that's a real dude. So I mean, yeah. the important question now is Bryce Young or Justin Fields. I, I mean, I, here's the thing I have with Justin Fields. I saw him play really well in college, and I know there's a big difference between playing well in college and playing well in the NFL. The question I have with Justin Fields is: Is he in the right system? Mm-hmm. You know, are they just going to continue to allow him to run the ball that many times? Because if you do that, he's going to get hurt, and that's going to be the end of him. Yeah. So I I think they've got to get him in a, either a a Different situation with a different philosophy of what they're doing offensively of, hey, man, let's keep you in the pocket. Let's move you in the pocket and then throw the ball like he did at Ohio State. And then if I, I, if all else fails, then you can run and get six or eight. Yeah. We don't need you to go 40. Yeah. Just get six or eight and get the first down. If you go 40 because it's there, take it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's I he's a really good thrower, and, and I just he just seems miscast right now in that offense. Every time I watched the Bears, I was like, what are they doing? Well, the, and the it's problem, hard to see what they're doing. Yeah. They don't have a philosophy. I think the, the problem is nothing else is there. You know, yeah. just like he has to do everything if it, they want to do anything. And that's what we saw. The first, the offense was completely dead. The first like six weeks because they were trying to make him be able to pass, and it just wasn't working because he was getting sacked four, five, six times no a game. Line. Nobody's getting open. And right? yeah, so the, same it, problem with the Jags and Trevor. He had to make those decisions yeah. so quick because it, or he's getting hit. So then. The week they played the Patriots, they were like, all right, let's shift this a little. And so they they watched Lamar tape is what they said they did. And they went back. And after that, we were scoring 30-plus points a game because it was working. Um, but then all the receivers started getting hurt. Our line, we had, I think, 10 or 11 different line formations because we could not stay healthy on the offensive line. And so that didn't help either because he none of those guys had played together every week. It was different. He, he's not Lamar. No, he's not Lamar. They're totally different players. Yeah. He, I, he is a I think thrower. He, can pass he can throw yeah. the ball. Yeah. 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 And, and that's what I think this year, that's why to me, like obviously offensive line and wide receiver are so important. The defense was atrocious last year, so obviously I want to fix that too. But – to me, if you give Justin like a little time, and we saw that some of the, there was one game this season that he wasn't sacked, and I was like, "This is 
beautiful. Like this is what it's supposed to look yeah. like, you know? So I, I do. It's frustrating though to watch, but there's a, there's hopefully they fix the line and hopefully they get him a wide receiver too because that, I'm here I'm sick of hearing that narrative of like he can't throw. I'm like, did you watch him in college? Like he threw the ball. He wasn't a runner in college unless right. he had to, you right. know? And so that's what's amazing to me is people I guess didn't watch him in college. <laughs> the problem know. is he's always going to be compared to Trevor. Yeah. And Trevor made that ascension in, in year 2. And he's still back here. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to stay back there. But what it means is if they pass on Bryce Young mm-hmm. and the Colts go up to one take Bryce Young and boom, Bryce all of a sudden they're winning amazing. eight, nine, ten games. He's playing well. Then it's going to be, what did you guys do? Yeah. yeah. And that's I know that's going to be a narrative because – but I'm just – I really think that Justin's going to take another – leap this year like he already did from one to two it's not a trevor leap because he wasn't given the opportunities and resources Resources. that trevor lawrence had this season and trevor lawrence was already known to be the the more yeah (laughs) trevor lawrence was already known to be the more ready quarterback that was the thing that was said like he's ready to start in the nfl now there's a reason justin kind of dropped back a little bit i i don't think most bears fans are comparing him to trevor as much as they're saying like He's better than Zach. He's better than Mac. He's better than Trey, at least at what we're seeing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And in those eyes, it's a win for us. Yeah. So I, I think that that's how they're looking. Obviously, it will suck if in like five years, Justin's like good but not great and Bryce Young is like going to the Super Bowl. It's going to suck. Obviously, but yeah. I think we'll also look back <laughs> at it and be like, you know, we thought he was a guy. Like it wasn't like we took a chance on Mitchell Trubisky or Blake Bortles. Like right. it's a guy that's supposed to be a guy. Yeah. So, anyways, thanks, Matt, for sure. hopping on with My us. Um, it'll be a fun off season, and uh, we'll get into a, a little more draft talk in a minute. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, well, thanks to Matt Hayes. Um, obviously, Matt works with us here at 1010. He is the host, one of the co-hosts on XL Primetime, which is our midday show. Um, but like I said, he also covers a ton of college football. So that's his world. Um, we even have a show here that he hosts on Saturday called like Saturday Kickoff. I Something think. like that. The name long... changes. It's pretty, they're pretty <laughs> much weekend. just a college football show. Yeah, but yeah. they just preview the games that are happening that day. So Matt is very well versed in the college football world that's what he loves and that's what he likes to do um so thank you to him so i was just telling you dylan uh that some breaking news came out and in this breaking news so patrick mahomes senior who is obviously patrick mahomes dad um was on 670 the score today and told them that the Bears told Mahomes that they were going to draft him at number three overall in 2018. 
Uh, his dad said he thought he was going to be a bear. Um, and then they traded up and took Mitchell Trubisky. A little bit of a dagger. Um, but I, I think that obviously at, at this point in time, we're happy to have Justin Fields. Would we like to have Patrick Mahomes? Like, I think anybody would like to. I don't think there's a single person out there that would say they'd rather have their quarterback over Patrick Mahomes. Maybe some of the people that are Bengals fans may say, I'll keep Joe Burrow. The only situation I could see it is, like, if a quarterback's just been there for a while and has already established himself as, like, a stud and, like, you just have a personal attachment to the guy. But, yeah. like, Objectively speaking, there's not a single quarterback yeah. in the NFL even close to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, right and I don't even think at this point people would say they'd want Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes. I'd want to, I, there's a <laughs> lot of quarterbacks I'd want over Tom Brady or, rather than <laughs> Tom Brady right now. Than Patrick Mahomes, so, but yeah. and again, and we were kind of chatting about it a little bit when the like as the news broke and you mentioned, you know, like, but would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes if he would have got drafted by the Bears? Because it was a disaster in 2017, oh, like it was a complete so disaster. Like, the, our wide yeah. receivers were absolute no names. The defense wasn't good. The offense was even worse. Mike Glennon was the starter, ended up getting benched for Mitch. 2018 was great. Like you could, you could kind of make an argue that if Patrick Mahomes was on the Bears in 2018, would they have gone to the Super Bowl that year? Well, we couldn't control Cody Parkey making field goals still, but I don't think we would have uh, had, we would had have to, rely to count on, on a field goal. Exactly. Yeah, but I do think that a lot of people say that Mahomes did benefit from sitting for yeah, a year. I, I think he did a lot, and I do think a lot of people don't recognize, like, the Chiefs were a Super Bowl-ready roster mm -hmm. that needed a quarterback. Especially offensively. Yeah, that yeah. needed a quarterback. And, like, they had just dominated their division every single year. Mm -hmm. They would always win the division, losing the first round of the playoffs. You know, that yeah. was a, kind of their MO for yeah. a couple years there. And they were able to plug a quarterback in and actually, you know, raise the ceiling of that team. No Patrick Mahomes and the Bears, even yeah. like, it would have been terrible. It would have yeah. been really bad. You know, the team sucked. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, in twenty seventeen, yeah. like John Fox had a very poor system going on at that point. Yeah, the offense was just. I remember. There, I think there was one game where they threw the ball like six times that year. Like oh, it was. Yeah. It was so bad. It was so terrible, and like it would have just been a terrible situation to go in. And like, yeah. look what happened to Mitch. Yeah. You know? And obviously, I think Mahomes is a way better quarterback yeah, than Mitch yeah. ever was. But, but same, it destroyed Mitch. It yeah. destroyed Mitch's chances of being somewhere else. Yeah, and I also do think like. A lot of what happens in the NFL is circumstance and confidence mm -hmm. in yourself to play well and having people around you that believe in you. And, like, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have had that in Chicago. Yeah. Not saying he still would have been a great quarterback, but I just yeah. don't think he would have become as good as he was. right Because he's pretty much his rookie year, yeah. which was the year he first played, not, like, the year he sat out. Yeah. He was an MVP. Yeah. So right like, away. Right away. Yeah. And... But he also was an MVP right away having Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill yeah. and, you know, a solid offensive line and mm -hmm. Andy Reid and all these other things that were going for him. So yeah, I agree. I think it's just the only things that only bad things can come from looking back at the Bears and just being like, yeah, oh, I wish we had because you just assume everything would have gone well. You yeah. know, and, and I think you can look or you can look around the league in general in the last couple years and say, like, if these two quarterback flop, if these two quarterbacks flopped spots, what would it look like? And we talked about this a lot during the offseason, as in if Mac Jones was playing for the Bears last year and Justin Fields was playing for the Patriots last year, what would each of those have looked like? I think that Mac Jones, who people voted in the top 100 after his season last year with the Patriots, would have looked terrible on so the bad. Bears last year. Yeah. Terrible. People would have been like, bust, terrible, this is not good. Um, just because that's what the roster was. That's what the coaching was. Obviously, Bill Belichick to Matt Nagy. Those are like, you yeah. can just say that right there. But, and then if you look at this year, we've, we've made the comments a lot of times on here with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I think if Trevor Lawrence was in 
Chicago, he wouldn't look like Trevor Lawrence was able to look like, especially towards the end of the season, because Trevor Lawrence was sacked half the amount of times that Justin Fields was sacked. Trevor Lawrence had guys, and even though people criticize those Christian Kirks, and we were talking about that with Matt earlier, uh, they worked out and they they clicked. And Christian Kirk is a guy. He's a, he's a good receiver. I think he's more of a two, but I think he's a solid Probably. two, a higher tier two, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but they're about to get Calvin Ridley, so who, which should be good. But he also hasn't played football in two years, so we'll see. Um, but I really do think that if you would have put Trevor Lawrence in the Bears situation where he was really having to run, they had a scheme on runs. There wasn't many options in wide receivers. He was getting sacked fifty five times. It wouldn't have worked as well. Now, what if you put Justin Fields in Jacksonville? I'm curious as to what that would be. I honestly am not totally sure if he would look light years better, but I do think that the way that Coach Doug Peterson can play call would have probably won Justin Fields more games than he was able to win in the Bears with the roster that Jacksonville has. Yeah, I mean, I think really it's just, I think the thing that Bears fans could be happy about is a lot of the time, and especially with the Mitch Trubisky stuff, Patrick Mahomes, we picked the wrong guy mm-hmm. in a lot of scenarios where it's just like we had the chance to draft a, a certain player. Yeah. We went with this player. Like for me, when I was a kid, like we drafted Cedric Benson over Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. like 20 picks over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Cedric Benson had a fine NFL career. Yeah. Was never going to be Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, you yeah. know? And so, but like right now. I can't imagine loving Rodgers though. You oh, know, yeah. like, do you it's know just, how it's weird crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it feels to think about yeah. that. But I think something to look at now is just like we are in the position of privilege. Yeah. The Jets look at us and they're just like, what the hell were we thinking with yeah. Zach Wilson? The Niners. Niners. Trey Lance, same thing, you know? And like hot take, if the Niners had drafted Justin Fields, they'd be going to the Super Bowl. Without right a now. doubt, they'd be in the Super Bowl right yeah. now. And like that was the t- that was the team that everyone's like, oh, the Niners are gonna trade up, they're gonna go get Justin Fields now. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna be perfect for Kyle Shanahan's system. And like the next day, everyone's like, he loves Mac Jones, he loves Mac Jones, like Trey Lance, and everyone's like, Justin Fields, not a chance. Like yeah. I was so confused. You're like, what is happening? But like I'm happy. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy about it. I'm <laughs> yeah. very happy it happened. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that the world of quarterbacks, it's so hard. And, like, obviously, as Bears fans, we don't know what it's like to have a great one. Like, we don't know that feeling of having someone. This feeling we have right now is the closest we've had to that. And we don't even know for sure. It's, it's the feeling that we think it's coming. Yeah. It's not even the feeling itself. That it's here. You know, like, But yeah. we're, like, going into this offseason saying this is the first time and I don't even know how long that we've gone into this into an offseason being, like, we're good on quarterback. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like we're good at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, like, there is such a part of me that, like, I very much am confident in the way Justin's going. But also at the same time, like, you hear all the other voices from everyone being like, Bryce Young, yeah. CJ Stroud, all these guys are so good. And, like, we talked about it with Matt earlier. Like, it definitely is going to suck if we had the opportunity to draft one of those guys and they yeah. end up being way better than Fields. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But, like, there definitely still is that, like, fear because, like, we're Bears fans. And, yeah, like, that's what Things happens. have gone poorly for us pretty much forever. So, yeah. you know. Well, and that's what it, it honestly, it, it is a scary feeling because you're sitting there and, like, we are. We have the confidence that he can be the guy. We have the confidence that once you, once he's not having to run for his life every single game and he has guys to throw to and, like, everything starts to click, you're really hoping. But there is always that slight chance that, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud are dudes and like in the next three four years we're like dang like we picked Will Anderson that year and we could have had Bryce Young yeah and like the thing is like I don't think the thing that'll make me feel a lot better is I really do think whoever we pick is going to be a stud yeah you know yeah 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 well and uh, yeah and, and that's what you have to you're not going to nail everything I think just for Bears fans because the past there's been so many big misses 
that that is always lingering in our head. Um, but I do think if we get one of those guys, and he mentioned Brzee, I've been hearing a lot about him. So if we do move past that four, if we do go to the seven or nine, getting a guy like Brzee, I think we're still going to have a very good player. Um, and a ton of other picks to where hopefully, like he mentioned, we're trading back up into the first to get JSN or one of those receivers to help him. And so we have, I think that's just the hope right now is we're focusing on Justin Fields as the quarterback of the Chicago Bears and how do we make his job easier. Yeah. And part of that is getting him weapons and protection, but part of that is also him not having to come on the field down 20 points instantly. Yeah. And that's what happened so many times this last season where it was just like the opposing team would go out, score right away. Justin Fields was already coming out down. Like very rarely did we make a stop on that first drive. I want to say we actually had, it was like some record where it was like, 12 straight games we let the opposing team score on the first drive yeah Yeah. like can't let that happen can't let that happen um so things like that help also and that's why to me i think it is so important to also address that defensive line and that linebacker position um because we've seen we've seen years where we've been so close like in 2018 because our defense was so great now imagine having a great defense and Justin Fields, who's scoring 40 points a game. And I know Matt was like, you can't, you don't want to let him just run for 40 yards, whatever. Justin's going to have those runs because yeah. he's fast, he's quick, he can get out of he, he's breaking tackles. Those are going to continue to happen because that's who he is. He's not one of the guys that are going to slide when he sees any type of green. Like, he's going yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, but you do want to limit those at a certain point because you don't want him getting hurt. Taking hits is hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think this offseason, that's why it's so fun right now because there's so many options. There's so many different opportunities for the Bears to have to make things better. And that's why a part of it I wanted to talk to Matt for him to just, like, share the process of how it really doesn't have to be a three-, four-year-long process to to make a team better. The Jags went from first overall pick to a divisional round playoff team and one season. And they really didn't do that much. They really, six key guys, Doug Peterson, and I don't even really count the draft picks because other than Luke Fortner in my eyes, Trayvon and Devin Lloyd didn't make a huge impact this season. Like, this season wouldn't have gone different if they didn't have Trayvon and Devin Lloyd, yeah, honestly. Yeah, probably true. Um, but, Foye Oluokan, uh, Fadukasi, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Brandon Sheriff, and Zay Jones, those six names made a massive impact on the Jags. Just none, six and guys. And none of those are like crazy big names either. Yeah. By any nothing. means. Like they're very they solid to, players. They had to overpay them a little bit. I think the Jags had like $62 million to spend last year. Uh, the official numbers came out with that, by the way. And the Bears have, I think it was 90, 99. 99 it's, million. It's like 30 more than the next closest. Yeah. Team. The next is like 56 or something yeah. like that. So if the Jags were able to do what they did last season, and obviously there's going to be cuts, there's going to be maneuvering of some contracts, they'll start to figure things out. Like the salary cap is a weird thing. But the Jags with $62 million in free agency last year were able to take a team from three wins to nine from first overall pick to divisional round playoff by adding six guys yeah. and a coach. Yeah, I mean, it's— And to me, I, I, I think we still need a little more proof from Eberflus and Getze, but I think most people are confident in what they were able to do with the lack of what they had last season. So I think we are pretty confident that Eberflus and Getze can be guys that can lead this team to winning football games. We're confident that Justin Fields can be that person. Um, and I think we're, most people are pretty confident in the secondary being able to limit a lot of things, especially once you get help up front. 
So I really th- see it going very similar to what the Jacks did. Yeah. Stud offensive lineman, veteran guy, got to do it. Um, someone in the draft, some an offensive lineman in the draft that you know can come in and play, hopefully at center. Um, or Jason, Jason Kelsey, even though he might retire if he wins the Super Bowl. But um, And then receiver, got to have at least one of those. A veteran guy, probably draft one. And then they added Foyer and um, who did I, Fadukasi. Add two defensive front guys, a linebacker. That's a major change already. And not to mention we have $30 million extra dollars to spend yeah. than they did. Yeah. So like That's it's, a good amount of money. We have all the chance in the world. And the thing I will say that I definitely am a little afraid of is people being like, the defense is so bad, you need to address it, is I don't want what happened to Cam Newton and Andrew Luck to happen to Justin Fields. Yeah, me either. To where everyone was just like, these guys are awesome. They're yeah. going to win games no matter what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But as a result of them being so awesome, the team was just like, all right, let's address the defense. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do that. And not give them the uh, support yeah, and help they You can't do need. that. Yeah. Because those, those guys, their bodies fell apart. Yeah. Because they were just like, Very hey, quickly. Like, we, got, we got Cam Newton. We got Andrew Luck. They're studs. Yeah. They're going to make plays on offense. They're going to score no matter who is going to be our receivers. And uh, maybe not as much in Andrew Luck's case, but in Cam's case, they're just like, we don't need a stud offensive line because mm-hmm. he's just going to run away from everybody. Yeah. So. And honestly, even kind of the path that, like, granted, the Bengals have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, but they haven't fixed the line. And granted, the line also was beat up later, but he's already torn an ACL once, and he's getting hit constantly still. So that just, I, if I was, if I were the Bengals this offseason, I was like, we got to fix this line. Yeah. Like everything else is pretty solid, but we've got to fix this offensive line because Joe Burrow is getting killed every single game. And last year it was the same. The year before it was the same. And so to me, I don't want it to get to that point. I don't want to be two years from now and being like, all right, our defense is great again, but Justin Fields has still been sacked 47 times. Like yeah. I don't want to be talking about that in two years. I want these numbers. I want those sack numbers to be half next year. Like I very much agree with that. I want to see, uh, and like Trevor, I think had 24 sacks. I want around that to 30. I'd be like, okay, that's an improvement. You know, like I, I don't. You're going to allow sacks. That's going to happen. I just want league average. Honestly, that's literally stick around it. there. But like, 55 is unacceptable. Yeah especially, and we've mentioned it before, how many he's probably escaped. So it should probably be about 70 if you take if you add the ones that Justin Fields has done his magic and Moved got, around and and got, got him out, out of. of. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Yeah, we've got to change that. And that's why I kind of did like my rankings of what is most important in position group, in my opinion. And a lot of people, I get it because they all said like, o-line first and i was like i get it i just think the o-line the offensive line in my opinion may be a little easier to fix than what people think number one because we i think one veteran guy would already make a big difference we saw that with brandon sheriff here in jacksonville but i also think that we didn't see any one offensive line last year it's not like we had an offensive line that just sucked all year we had five six people playing different positions because pretty much week to week yeah i mean every single week it was different i don't think anyone played the same position played every snap and then sam played almost every snap i think he mixed a couple right when lucas patrick got hurt um but other than that the left guard went through like four or five people right guard was pretty much rotated in the beginning and then tevin was in for the most and then tevin got hurt late so that switch but then right tackle was 15 different people like so i don't think we can really judge our offensive line fully because it wasn't ever one offensive unit it was so many different people in mixed rounds yeah 
So I do think as much as that needs to get changed, my number one is wide receiver because I just see what a difference that made for Jalen Hurts getting A.J. Brown, Josh Allen getting Stephon Diggs, uh, Joe Burrow, even despite getting sacked a million times, having T. Higgins and Jamar Chase gets him to the the championship game. So to me, wide receiver is the number one on my list because of that, but a very close second is offensive line and a very close second behind that is defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, and I do think a lot of the things people will say like, oh, you look at, like, the top, top paid receivers and, like, the top three guys. I don't remember exactly who it is. They're just, like, they don't have any rings. Mm -hmm. But if you look right, look at the teams who are just in their conference championships. The Eagles have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Stud receivers. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs have Travis Kelsey and Patrick, I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. uh, It makes the other receivers better. But, like, if you don't have Travis Kelsey, I don't think they're nearly as good of a team. Yeah. You look at the Niners, they have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Look at the Bengals, they got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. So, like, People will say and Kittle and Kittle and that yeah. Kittle over the Niners Kittle as well. Niners, yeah. yeah, and like you're not. People always talk about like, oh, you don't want to have like a super high paid thirty million dollar or not thirty million, like twenty five million dollar wide receiver these mm-hmm. days. But it's so important to have a guy who can yeah. make plays and be the guy you can consistently rely on. And yeah. like even look at the Eagles game the other night where like AJ Brown wasn't really doing anything, didn't yeah. do much. Devontae Smith step up has one of the best catches that probably mm-hmm. wasn't a catch that you've yeah. ever seen. And I was insane, though. He just, when you have options for your quarterback to go places, it makes him play, look so much better. And, like, Jalen Hurts, who did not play well last night, yeah, won the game fairly easily. Yeah. Because he had weapons we could go to, you know? Yeah, the weapons he was comfortable with. And I think, too, when you look at it, because obviously one of the questions we have to address as we wrap this up, this offseason is what to do with guys like David Montgomery. And there's a lot of names out there. Josh Jacobs is available. Um, Tony Pollard's available. Obviously, Saquon we've talked about. Uh, There's a lot of good running backs out there. Um, I think David Montgomery is a good running back. And when you look at the teams right now that, you know, we look at those final four, they have guys that are guys, but they're not the ones that are sitting up there in the top five. It's Pacheco, who like went off this season out of nowhere, but he looks really good. He's also like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Yes. Like it's not like, even you crazy. You can find them, yeah. and that's like you can find the running backs there. But obviously, Joe Mixon, who had like, I like Joe Mixon, and it's weird because like every year I feel like he's like pretty hyped up, and it's like a little bit of a slow start, and then he gets going later in the year, and you're like, all right, Joe Mixon's like he's a dude. Um, but and he then obviously was, like, Miles Sanders, yeah, Miles Sanders, like, but which he's, available also, right? Yes, yeah. So he's another one that's available, and he's another guy that I feel like we talk. For some reason, I feel like he's older than what he is. I feel like I've been talking about Miles Sanders longer than I've actually been talking about Miles Sanders. But I love Miles Sanders. But it's not one of these guys that you're getting. Like it's it's not Chubb, it's not Josh Jacobs, it's not Jonathan Taylor, it's not. Well, Christian McCaffrey's in there, obviously. Um, but I think they brought him in though because they just didn't have a quarterback. Think, yeah. And it's like we need something to move the ball to carry this because you it's know? not working. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like they still have running backs that are good to great but it's not the ones that you feel like you have to pay a billion dollars for other than Christian there's McCaffrey's no Jonathan that. Taylor's. But Christian McCaffrey obviously helps in many aspects on the football yeah. field he's one of the more versatile running backs in the league um I had to play quarterback yesterday too he that was so bad to watch I felt so bad for the Niners fans because like I was like uh, this thing like this guy's like I spent two grand to watch Josh Johnson play in an NFC championship yeah. game you're like yeah that sucks it's like you know terrible. who else is a free agent who's that Robbie Gold Hey, bring him back. Bring him back. Cairo's <laughs> been solid, but hey, Robbie's always got a home in Chicago in my eyes. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the, the the main point of this episode for me is to just relax a little bit because I think that so many people think it's going to be like, and it, it's going to be this massive, long uphill battle that's going to take us three, four years. And by that time, Justin Fields 
first contract's going to be done and we're going to ruin him because we won't give him what he needs within this next couple years. But from what I saw personally here, it doesn't have to be that long of a build anymore. As long as, I almost just said Ryan Pace, Ryan Poles and Iberflus and the new Kevin Warren, but he's just more business I mean, he handles Business. like the overall like direction of the team, yeah. but at the end of the day, I don't think he's really involved. He's that gonna much say, in the "Go draft this guy." Yeah, but so between Poles and between Eberflus and between Getzy and Getzy's coaching the Senior Bowl, so he'll get some inside of guys that are playing well at the Senior Bowl and that he likes. Um, so those things I think will help, but they do have to nail things. We can't go through this free agency, sign six guys, and only three work. Yeah, we and- need it to be one of the things where. We sign, you know, those six, seven guys and five, six of them are instant impact to make this team better. Yeah. And I think something else to look at is if I recall correctly, 2017, the Chicago Bears were what? The worst team in the NFC North? Yeah. What happened in 2018? Yeah. You win it. We were easily winning yeah. it. So like With it's, Mitchell. It happens that fast. <laughs> like it can happen Trubisky. that fast. And I'm not saying it's going to happen that fast. But with all the resources we have, it wouldn't shock me if it did. And I think that also as a as a Bears fan right now, you also want to, yes, you want to start winning and you want to see that impact come fast, but we also want some longevity in this. We don't want another one season of good, another couple seasons of good. We want to start spiking right now and this be a decade of the Bears are being competitive, especially with where the Packers are right now. The Packers potentially not having Aaron Rodgers or having Aaron Rodgers on the down end. And then also it's Kirk Cousins. I mean, like, they, I'm not afraid of Kirk Cousins. They were in the playoffs this year, and they won 11 games or whatever they ended up winning. They had a negative point di- differential. They were, they were not a great football team. The, the Vikings didn't put any fear in my heart at any point throughout the season at all, and I think that's probably the same for I'm every a, other I'm NFL team. I'm more scared of the Lions, personally, oh, yeah, than I am time. the Vikings. Um, I think Jared Goff, when he's on, he's good, and he's young, so there's still time that potentially that's going to work. They have a lot of weapons, too. Um, they've got to fix their defense also. It started getting a little better towards the end of the season, but Vikings and Detroit and us all have crap defenses <laughs> right now. They're a lot all of bad. Points in the NFC North. Yeah, so we all have to fix that. But it's a good time for the Bears to start getting better. Yeah, because we're in a position where, if it goes the way that we want it to go, and if Justin is the dude that we think he can be, then we are the ones that could be sitting at the top of the NFC North for the next ten years, for the majority of those ten years. If we do it right. If we do it right, yeah. and that's the big thing. We just polls. This is such a huge season, and we're going to say that a million times and these podcasts in the offseason because it's going to be very important. Yeah, I'm excited, but I'm also terrified. Yeah, so let's see same. what happens. I'm going to be like a uh, free agency. I'm going to be a nervous wreck. Like oh, yeah. every might check my phone. We're going to be like bear sign. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> we signed. Just notifications. I just on. hope I get a bear sign T. Higgins or trade for T. Higgins. I'm yeah. going to be like, as yeah. long as we can get some kind of good receiver at the end of the season. Yeah. I don't really care how we get it. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, another episode of Making Monsters. We'll be back again later this week. We are going to talk to someone from the Rise and Draft site another uh another draft type thing and we're working on maybe some senior bowl stuff because obviously that's going on this week so we'll start getting some intel of who's good who's i'll bad, call up luke who's... getsy get the early scouting report see what he has to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, i wish we could get getsy on that'd be funny fun um but one guy that's not going to be there is stetson bennett <laughs> he just 
out having a good time. I'm waiting for the Baker video of Stetson to come out. That's what I I'm. I mean, I get it, dude. Like, you just won a national championship, you get drunk and disorderly, whatever. People, um, if anyone actually gets upset about that, you're not fun. You, it's, yeah. just, it's just the problem is it's not his first time. It's I his didn't know third that. time. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's his third time getting in some sort of trouble for alcohol-related instances. That's a little concerning. Though. Yeah, I will say. Um, that. and he's also 26 this year, so it's like you're not 22 years old. Like, yeah, whatever. Is pretty much my age, which is yeah. you know, like he's still playing college it's football. It's like you yeah. like showing up to work still drunk on monday and you were like but i'm 25 but, and, so. I also, and i had a great day on friday <laughs> yeah. you know i did so much good work had a great weekend yeah um but anyway so yeah we'll start working on some of that other things obviously if anybody has any draft questions or people they really want us to look into we'll start we're going to dive more deep into the draft as it goes but obviously at this point we don't even we don't know we yeah. don't know we don't know what we're picking we, we don't, don't know, know who where we're picking, picking. we yeah. don't know once free agency really hits too then we'll know who they get okay if they signed her on pay for example, then we know that's going to shift some things. Yeah. Um, so once those things start, it's going to be a domino of, mm-hmm. okay, this happens. Now we kind of can start getting a feel of things and we'll go a little deeper and into the other picks. Um, so that'll be fun, but it's going to be a really interesting, scary, fun, exciting off season. So I look forward to it. Um, again, thanks everybody because our last episode did really well and we appreciate you guys. Um, I know everyone's really excited to just like hear Bears draft stuff right They're now. They're excited because, to hear us actually. Yeah. They don't care about the Bears. But we They're haven't had a number us. one overall pick since the 40s. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Most so. of the people probably listening to this were not alive in the 40s. <laughs> I you know I'll say with some confidence. I think everyone listening to this wasn't <laughs> alive, alive in the 40s. the 40s. Yeah, I don't think there's one listener. And if there is, call Thank me and you. tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. We will catch you guys next week. See you then. <laughs>